This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. It is the first ever Baseball Insiders live broadcast with our hero, my hero, baseball's hero, the one and only Robert Murray, who just put out a tweet on the first ever baseball broadcast of the Baseball Insiders and didn't even tweet his partner. Not a, not even a word. Try, oh. some, try something new. Not, not with, with me and my buddy at the car. Try something new. Like, like we're a, we're a, we're a, we're a, I don't know, a great popsicle or something. I, I like an apologize to, uh, apology out of you to start the show, Robert. Good to see you, Bert. Hey, good to see you too. You, what you, you should know by now. I'm always been a, a me guy, so I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't be too disappointed. I, you, you, you tend to cover it up well. I always thought you were about the we and not the me, but that's it's it, if that's how you want to play it here to start our first ever live broadcast. That, that's that's totally fine. Um, we are excited to connect with all of um. The baseball diehards out there, we're doing so that I would consider this counter programming because uh, it is NFL schedule release day. But of course, we there are actual baseball games, so um, you know that that probably should be able to work. And we've got some trade rumors that we're going to start with, or potential trades that are coming. So I think this is bold, Robert. We're also going to have a, a baseball movie conversation coming up here. And uh, and and Kurt, by the way, in the chat here, appreciates honesty. Uh, it's as you know, clearly, uh, I've always been a me guy is resonating. Um, so, all right, let us talk about Xander Bogarts, whose name is out there, Bert. We mentioned him on the pod earlier. By the way, we do two pods a week here on the Baseball Insiders, uh, and we will we'll hit on we'll go we will go coast to coast on all trades here. So if you want if you want trade talk. We'll get to it. But we're going to start with Xander Bogarts. Don't worry there, SJ2P5PB. We'll get to your Cubs talk uh, as well because I definitely have thoughts there. Uh, but all right, Xander Bogarts for the start here, Bert. There, our, our guy over at the Athletic, Jim Bowden, put five trade destinations for him. He's got the Blue Jays, and he's got the Rays, and he's got the Cardinals, and he's got the Yankees who don't need to get any richer, and that would be an interesting uh crazy idea that the, the Red Sox and, and the Yankees are going to make deals and the Marlins. So what do you, what do you got here with, with the Boston Red Sox not finding the money for another key piece? Yeah, I can't see the Red Sox, if they end up trading Bogarts, I can't see them trading him to a division rival. So I'm going to rule out those three teams, even though, I mean, I know Heim Bloom, he's always going to want the best deal. So any trade package, if, if it comes from a team in the division, I'm sure he's going to have to be blown away. Um but I just can't see that happening. But the team that stands out to me is the St. Louis Cardinals. They recently demoted Paul Young to AAA. That, there was rumors that move was coming and then came to fruition. They have a gaping hole at shortstop. Um, and Bogarts would fit that role perfectly. Can you imagine, Carm, a, an infield of Paul Goldschmidt, Bogarts, and Nolan Arenado, and then maybe like Tommy Edmond at second base? Pretty sweet. Pretty freaking good. Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing is I don't see that being a realistic scenario because those two players I just mentioned, Goldschmidt, Arenado, very expensive, and then adding another big contract in Bogarts. Um, and he's going to command an extension too because he's most likely going to opt out after the year. Have, adding a third one like that, I can't see the Cardinals doing that because they like having flexibility. And then the prospect hall is going to take. I'm sure the Red Sox are going to ask for Nolan Gorman and then more for him. And they've shown no willingness to move Corman in the past. And I mean, I, it makes a ton of sense on paper. I just can't see that happening with St. Louis. Gorman, for the record, if you're not following the Cardinals pipeline, and I know as a baseball insider listener, most likely you are a diehard, but that's their top prospect. So it's always, to me, it's interesting because if you're the Red Sox, you would think you would pay your top guys. But it's a double win, right? You're If you're looking at it from a... I'm getting rid of somebody who I don't have to pay, and then I'm getting a top prospect who I also don't have to pay for a period of time. That that obviously that's very 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 enticing um, 
to the Boston Red Sox in this particular scenario. Uh, Cardinals need a shortstop, though. If it, if it's not Bogarts, who else do you think is going to pop up there? Paul DeYoung's in the minors. You want to you want to gander a guess as to where St. Louis is going to go for because you know they're right there with Milwaukee as expected. Yeah, so I mean, you can have a short-term fix. You can have Ahmed Rosario with the with the Guardians. Although I don't know if they're going to be in a position where they want to sell at least too aggressively. Another one that popped up in my head during the season was Alberto Mondesi with the Royals, but he's always been hurt and he's struggling this year. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be the route they go. If they want to look long term, and let's say that Arnado opts out of his contract at the end of the year, becomes a free agent, goes elsewhere they're going to have the ability to end up adding a significant piece. Uh, And you have Carlos Correa, who might be a free agent again. You have Trey Turner, who might be another, or who's going to be a free agent if the Dodgers don't resign him. So they're going to have options. Last year, they ended up passing on all the top shortstops. Actually, they did not really pursue any of them just because of their belief in DeYoung. Oh yeah. Modesty did tear his ACL. Good call there by Jacob. Um, And, it's uh, they did not pursue a shortstop last year, as I said, because of their belief in DeYoung. But now that DeYoung's out of the picture, or most likely out of the picture, um, then I mean, maybe they end up doing it now. Yeah, and by the way, this show is for you, and we love people like you, Jacob, uh, jumping in there, correcting Bert. That's a that's an amazing moment in the show, the early going, your first ever live baseball insider. I think Robert's flustered right now. Look at him; you got him on the run. But so we've got. We've got a bunch of people want want trade rumblings here. Let's start with our first guy, which is any Cubs trade rumblings. We talked about this on Monday, too. Yep. Will, the Cubs, for whatever reason, have not extended Wilson Contreras and or traded Wilson Contreras. Um, and then there's other guys out there that just don't fit on the Cubs right now, like Jason Hayward. Uh, you would think that he would go somewhere else, um, even though the Cubs would have to eat some money. Are you hearing anything with the Cubs at 11 and 19 at the bottom of – or not quite the bottom because of the Reds, but certainly yeah. going nowhere? Well, hopefully they don't get below the Reds. Otherwise, things are going to be really in bad shape. But so they have two obvious trade candidates to me. That's Wilson Contreras, as you said, and Kyle Hendricks. And, I mean, you could also put Wade Miley in there, too, because he's on a one-year deal. So, I mean, they have tradable guys. But from what I can gather, they're not in sell mode quite yet. I think we're going to end up having to go for about another year um, or, an, an, or another month or two until they get to that point, I should say. Um but Contreras is going to be really attractive to these contending teams that need a catcher. I like. I know we've talked about it on, the, on Monday's episode where the Cubs ended up maybe ho- or holding on to him too long. Um, and last year they could have gotten a lot more for him. But and I know he's going to be under contract for another two to three months for a team that's interested in him. Um, maybe not get as much as they would have, but he's going to be really attractive to a lot of these different teams. Is, is your bet, Bert, that, he's get, that he gets moved? I'm 50-50 on it. That's not source. Really? That's more gut. Um, yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, who the yeah. hell knows? The Cubs are very tight-lipped over there on Wilson Contreras. Uh, my, I, I would, my gut tells me 96% that he gets moved along, but because um, that's what they did last year. And for yeah. the record, right now, from that Cubland, Javi Baez is hitting, what, 225 with the Tigers, and what they've won nine games. Chris Bryant's injured with Colorado. The only guy that's been doing anything is Rizzo with the Yankees which uh, we'll get to the Yankees in a second here. Uh, Jacob Bradley wants to talk about the Mariners and their excess outfielders. Uh, any thoughts on Seattle? I don't know if that's like slightly tongue-in-cheek there with Jacob. Go ahead. Yeah, no, they got some really talented guys. They got Julio Rodriguez, and they also have Jared Kalanick. I know Kalanick got off to a bit of a slow start, but the Mariners believe in him big time, um, and they're not going to lose patience with him. He, like He's here to stay. Um uh, so, I mean, obviously those two candidates, those guys are not going anywhere. They're going to be part of the long-term foundation with the Mariners. The one guy that has interested teams a lot um, in the years past has been Mitch Hanniger. And I would, I don't think the Mariners are going to move him. Uh, I just can't see that being the case. But I'm sure teams are going to be calling like they did last year. Because I remember I asked somebody with the Mariners last year, like, who's one of your hottest trade candidates? Uh, and his response within seconds was Mitch Hanniger. So teams are going to be calling. I'd imagine they hold on to him just because I know after the moves they made this offseason, like they want to contend and they had that rough stretch there. But yeah, I, I just see them holding on to Hanniger because he's really important in that clubhouse. 
Bert, I just want to tell you something right now because we've been doing the Baseball Insiders for I don't know how long now, four months, five months, whatever it is. Yeah. And this is our first ever live show. Being able to deliver you right to the people just feels so right to me. It's just this. I, 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 oh, my I, gosh. Yeah. I, I, I think this is exactly where we should be um, because I think people want to talk to you, buddy. And yeah, so, I, I can tell. I can't yeah. believe people actually want to talk to me. Correct? Don't say I mean, that. That, that. That's no, 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 no. You're, of course they do. Of course <laughs> they do. You're Robert Dan Murray, uh, yeah. the hottest young baseball savant out there. Uh, Dr. Inc. wants to know how are the Padres going to fix their outfield? Let's go over to San Diego. Uh, welcome to uh, the very competitive NL West. Yeah, I'll tell you, the Padres, they are – a fascinating team because like I did not have, I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I did not have Robinson Cano on the radar for them. Um, but he's actually, so from what I've gathered this morning, he's got a pretty good relationship with Fernando Tatis. And like, that was part of the reasoning for him um, to go there. Um, but with the Padres, I have learned that AJ Preller leaves, he leaves no stone un- unturned and, um, I can already say, like, even in spring training, I was, <laughs> I'll tell you, I had a lot of people in baseball tell me that probably was trying to be really creative. Um, and he was discussing a multitude of different scenarios. I'm sure that's going to end up being with the outfield. I don't have any options that are, that have been discussed quite yet. Um, yeah. Also, Kurt was right. I did see the Southside Showdown mug. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, right. baby, right here, buddy. Check it out, right. Southside Showdown. We could talk a little White Sox if you want. I'm, I'm drinking. This is a water product, by the way, not even coffee. I'm just hydrating during the show. Thank you. Hey, cheers to that, baby. You know, there, always got to hydrate on the show. That's what I we mean, do. Yeah, that's right. You can't look this good without an excessive hydration. Um, are you Are you done with your the Padres? Yeah, but you yeah, are, I'll just tell you, like Preller. He'll be. I I won't say just like for the outfield position, but it just goes for his roster construct construction. He'll be. He'll try to be as creative as he can. Yeah. What's going to happen with Eric Hosmer? So, boy, I'll tell you, Carm. That one is complicated because. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, they tried to trade him for what two years now, have not been able to move him. Like, okay, so that deal. Okay, here's some insider scoopage for you on Hosmer. So that deal with the Mets that they were discussing, like the Padres thought that deal was done. Um, and the Mets, they were just waiting for the Mets to like finally say yes and get Steve Cohen's approval. But Cohen never approved that deal and ended up getting shut down and left the Padres in, in scramble mode. Um, I, like that. I know the Padres were not very happy about that. Um, and you know what? I mean, it didn't end up happening and Hosmer has been great for him so far. So Right, he's having a great year. And well, yeah. here, two things. Number one, yep. uh, I, I know Mets fans are happy right now, running the NL East and Steve Cohen and spending all the money and whatever. Uh, I, I just just my one five second. I can't stand the fact that that guy is being successful. This this dude is guilty of insider trading, and and how he got his money is extremely on uh, just uncomfortable to look at and now he's just running baseball and the fact they're like hey steve is it all right if we want to get what does he know but i get it he's the owner and so we got like jerry jones jr over there uh with the mets is anything i just said unfair there bert do you have any problem with anything there no, i mean so when you said that you weren't like happy that the mets were doing well because of cohen um i mean the way the way that you described it like the stuff that he's been accused of i mean i get that but his ability to spend I, I, the other twenty nine owners. Oh no, I'm sure the players love it. The other twenty nine owners are gonna not agree with this, but like he's good for baseball because he makes it more competitive. Like having the two New York teams be really good, Carm. Like that's freaking unbelievable for baseball. So uh, may not agree with everything that Cohen does, but like. He's good for baseball. Hey, I, I mean, okay, all's fair in love and war. Uh, my guy Matt Malay is asking: Is Yelich back or just on a hot streak? What are you reading the rundown over there? We Yelich yeah. with with the uh, hidden for the cycle uh, against the Reds yesterday, and uh, Christian Yelich, by the way, has done that against Cincinnati three times in his career. So, and he's only hit his had cycles against the Reds. Of course, the Brewers did lose that game, fourteen uh, eleven. But, yeah, dude's been scuffling, now playing well. What do you think? Is is Yelly back? I know you're close with Christian Yelich there, Robert. Yeah. Um, I would not say that Yelly is 
100% back. But what he's doing, like last year you ended up hearing Brewers people, they were expressing optimism about him behind the scenes, and they were thinking that he was basically basically on the verge of a, an outbreak, uh, or a breakout, I should say. Um, yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was a bad word choice, especially yeah. in the day and age we were living in now. Um, but we, he, they thought he was on the verge of a breakout, and that never came. He wasn't even showing any signs, sw- striking out a lot. This year, you could hear it at spring training um, that they were optimistic about what they were seeing. And he was showing signs back then, and you're starting to see it now. He's been hitting home runs. He's been driving the ball. Um, he's been playing also really good defense, too. And the thing you notice with him is his confidence looks like it's he's got more he's more confident on the field than he was in the past. I'm not saying that he's an unconfident guy because he's very confident in himself. Um, but he's starting to string together some really good um, some really good at bats. And like he may not be that MVP version of Christian Yelich again. Actually, Hunter Renfro said the other day after his his third cycle um, that he looks like MVP Yelich. So maybe. I mean, you never know, um, but it's good to see that he's showing these signs again. I don't want to say he's 100% back, but, like, this is a much closer version of Christian Yelich than the Brewers expected to see when they signed him that extension. Christian Yelich is cool. He's got swag. I enjoy Yelich. Just, and I, I don't know how you guys became – how did you guys become buddies there, Bert? Just covering the Brewers for the Athletic for a couple of years. Um, we hit it off, and, I mean, every time we see one another, we end up just – chilling and talking and catching up and yeah he's just a good dude i you you can't and shouldn't but i'd love you just to record one of those convos and can you get a one-on-one with yelly bring it bring it to the show that'd be awesome no pressure uh all right let's whatever you want carm just for you well hey do it for the show do it do it for your 50 percent too um just a couple let me address johnny's comments here in the chat moving willie would be so dumb he's the heart of the cubs uh do you think the cubs will be more competitive next year uh, hey, I get it, heart and yeah. soul. I have no problem with the Cubs keeping Wilson Contreras. However, uh, the Cubs are a long way away to answer your your other part of it. Do you think? Do I think they'll be competitive next year? And Bert, feel free to chime in here. The answer to me on that is an emphatic no. I think they are a a, a significant way away. Now there are some positive uh, signs going on in the minors. Caleb Killiam, who came over in the Chris Bryant trade, is dealing at AAA. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong is looking like he's the real deal. But this is similar, Not, and I don't think you have the high-end talent they had back in the day when it was Chris Bryant coming along when Javi Baez was already in the big leagues. They, I don't know if they have quite those guys, but that's what they're trying to do, and they're going to get another, uh, hopefully, if you're a Cub fan, high-level pick this year because they're going to be at the bottom of the league. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. Like I think everything you just said is dead on. But I'll tell you, I, I mentioned it um, on the last episode, and I'll say it again because I had a couple people text me after they listened to what we said about Pico Armstrong. That guy is going to be a star arm. Um, okay, Cubs are salivating at what they have there, um, and I've heard it basically ever since he was taken by the Mets that he was on the verge of stardom, and the fact that Jed Hoyer. Uh, in his first really year of trying to rebuild this team, was able to get Pico Armstrong for a couple months, basically a cup of coffee of Javier Baez. Like that was yep. a hype. Um, I, props to him because like that is going to be a foundational piece for the Cubs for the next decade. I'm actually getting more impressed with Hoyer on the on the Bryant trade because San Francisco wouldn't give up anything. Okay, fine, we'll take your number nine prospect yeah. and, and the guys. I mean, I. He throws very hard, uh, Kelly, and I was watching some of his stuff. Uh, J- Jacob Bradley back in here with, do the Angels have the means and or desire to add a starting pitcher for the playoff run? Uh, the Madden Fighting Angels have been one of the better stories in the early season here. Yeah, they absolutely have. And I'll tell you, like they were optimistic when they signed Syndergaard and Lorenzen that they would end up having a much better rotation. And lo and behold, it has been, it's been much better this year. And Syndergaard has been brilliant. Uh, great on Twitter too, by the way. His his beef with Richard Staff is uh, is one of my favorite things on Twitter.com as we speak. Uh, and Lorenzen, they signed him to a one year deal, um, and hoping that he would end up being a candidate to break out as a guy who is going to be a starter and not bounce between the rotation of the bullpen. And that he's been exactly that. Um, and also, 
when you have the San Francisco Giants also pursuing you in free agency, odds are your your metrics and like everything like there's you're gonna end up being very good because Farhan's yeah. eighty, he knows what he's doing, uh, and Lorenzen was a target of the Giants, um, but the Giants ended up filling the rotation holes, um, and then Lorenzen ended up going over to the Angels. I would expect the Angels to be looking at um, another starter. I would expect them. Actually, I saw Jim Bowden mention them as a possible destination for uh, Xander Bogarts. I know they even in the offseason, too, after I want to say it was after the lockout or even before the lockout, they were investigating um, like some of the big names in the market. And it kind of caught me off guard because I thought it may have been a smokescreen, but uh, their front office there, they leave no stone unturned. So I'd imagine that's going to be more of the same. But they'll always be focusing on pitching because, as they've seen in the past, not having enough pitching depth can kind of really derail your season. Mm, that's always been the case. Uh, Ryan's got an interesting part in the Bogarts thing. Uh, yeah. He's got the no trade. So, you know, yes, he has power on where he could go. And then asking the question, why would a team offer their top couple of prospects in that situation? Uh, fair yeah. question, too. That's 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 why a lot of trades have not happened because teams have been holding on to their young capital because it's super, uh, super, super valuable. Yep. Uh, you want to respond to Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, you're Ryan, you're spot on with that. And I would imagine Bogarts, he's obviously teams that are going to be looking at Bogarts are not, they're, they're going to be contending teams. They're not going to be out of the playoff race. And like that is going to put him in a good spot in free agency. And he's going to try to identify the team that has a very good chance of making a deep postseason run. And one of those teams would happen to be the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, just because right like if you added a, a really good shortstop to that team um they have a shot to be not just the best team in their division but like in the conversation at least close with the Dodgers or another team so i mean you know postseason performance pays karm so yeah i mean you when the money's intriguing for him yeah yeah no i get it i get it all right here let's uh we'll keep rolling through the chatter so you got questions feel free to uh weigh on in here but uh, let, let's move along here on our own amazing rundown. Uh, you wanted to, to have a discussion on what's actually wrong, which is interesting, but what is wrong with the having a pretty damn good season? Oh, uh, you that can't, was tongue in cheek, Carm. Uh, oh, it was it? Cause no, no, that was tongue in cheek. Like, yeah. okay. 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 Cause I thought you thought that the 29 Dodgers should be like 23 and, uh, six with the, with the talent and their 78. Uh, on the plus side run differential so you're yeah. you're just here you're just here to s- salute the, the Dodgers doing Dodger things once again huh yeah that's exactly what I'm doing here and it's what they've been what they've been able to do being 20 and 9 and not click on all cylinders Carm it's freaking scary and I've had a couple of people mention this uh, to me in conversations over the past couple of weeks is that if they're not playing to this their potential right now at 20 and 9 what does it look like when um, they are at full strength? Are like, what's that record look like in the end? And I'm just 120 wins, Bert. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, wait, is that a real number or no? No, it's, it's, it's I, you. You said their full potential. Yeah, I, I mean I, that's 120 and 42. I, what, I, I think what, the math on that checks out. Yes, you can win 120, and 42 more would get you to 162. What they win last year? It was, what is it, 108 106, and 107? 106. 106. The Giants had 107, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say 112. Yeah, no, I sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. All right, sorry. I, I did not expect to be talking about math on the show today, but you know what? I got to show off how much of a math guru I am and try to make up for that awful display I had a couple weeks ago. That was tough. Oh, yeah, when you boasted about your math talent and I gave you a math formula on the fly and you just completely came up short? Yeah, like that, uh, I'll tell you, that brought me back to being in high school because that's exactly what happened in four years of high school. It was a tough scene. That's why I'm a baseball writer, not some math whiz or whatever. I think I said like eight times three minus four plus two and you got it wrong. Yeah, it's, Something I, like see, that. I don't even have it in my head right now. Yeah, yeah no, we, 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 we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll defer. I put on there uh, for – I just wanted to assess 
best team in baseball right now, record-wise, is actually the New York Yankees sitting here at 22-8. and eight. Lengthy piece about how, uh, in the athletic, about how we've got a uh, new coach coming over and they figured out how to handle the running game, which was kind of interesting to me, like, that that was such a huge problem for the Yankees because, like, who the hell runs in baseball anymore? But it was an issue. And, and, and the you know, you've got the, the offense is absolutely rolling. And you look at that, the always right, powerful AL East, but the Red Sox are nauseating. Baltimore is actually playing well for themselves at 13 and 18. So, the, the, you know, the sexy Blue Jays that everybody loves, they've lost four straight. And Tampa's still hanging around here. But this feels like we're sort of like back to, I don't know, early uh, early 2000 Yankees just cruising and no one else can touch them. Uh, I, do you think this is going to continue for New York? Because they look like the best team in baseball to me right now. Yeah, I think they're going to end up being very good. I don't know if they're going to end up being this way um, throughout the entire season. I, I think like it's not a slight on the Yankees. I think that's just the talent that's in the division. Uh, with Toronto, I think that team scares the absolute crap out of me if I was in that division. Um, and also the Rays are – oh, go ahead. No, so you still believe. Okay, keep going. I still, I still believe in the Blue Jays. Um, I think okay. talent always prevails in the end. The Rays are scary just because they may not have the biggest payroll in baseball, but yet they still find a way to get it done every single year. Um, I mean, the Orioles. I mean, yeah, I mentioned the Orioles for Ian Levy uh, in, the, in the comments. He was he was upset. We were five minutes in and didn't mention the Orioles. So shout out to Ian. Uh, it's my guy at Fansided. Um, and then uh, the Red Sox. Uh, I know we got a question coming up here in a little bit, but they sure we could pop that in. Uh, do you think? The question here from our guy Celtic Pride. One, tough two, three, loss. four, five. So, tough loss for you last night, buddy. An absolute dump job, and it killed me. Get a rebound. This is not an NBA show. Um, I'm sure you feel the same way, Celtic Pride. Maybe you can get game six. But, uh, yeah, you think they're going to be going to the minors here perhaps? and uh, Or, you know, as we're, as we're twiddling around here in the AL East, do you, do you think Boston's at the bottom to stay? I don't think they're going to be staying at the bottom the entire season. Um, I think they're too good for that, but I also don't think they're going to be a serious threat for the number one spot in that division. Maybe they end up competing for one of the wild card spots. Um, I think that's more attainable, but how much are they down now? Ten and a half games somewhere in that ballpark? Um, the Boston and- Red Sox are 11 and 20, Bert. They're 11 and a half back. So they're eleven and a half back now. And, and if like, you want, I mean, if you want, if you want to, if you want to flirt the wild card, um, they are. Well, first of all, they, you know, eleven and twenty puts you as that is the second worst team in the American League. Their percentage yep. points right there with the Royals, um, and they are five and a half back from the last wild card spot with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in front of them. No. Long season, yeah. long season. I'm not. Hey, I guess exactly. I, I I get how baseball works. Keep going. Yep. yep, I was just about to say the long season thing. So I think we've been doing this show enough where you can read my mind, Carm. So, um, so thank you for that. But, uh, but yeah, like a, a, an eleven and a half game deficit this early in the season is not insurmountable. Like they can easily make that up. But in a division that good, it's going to be extremely tough. Um, so I I do think they're going to be better. I think they have to be better. Uh, and Heim Bloom, his job status is not going to be in jeopardy because of it. But um, he's going to have to get really creative to actually reach that spot because they have a lot of holes in that team, and it's not going to be easy. And, like, the loss of Kyle Schwarber uh, and the loss of Hunter Renfro um, is being – it's glaringly obvious right now. And they have to find some offense somehow. What Maybe it's – calling up one of those top prospects like Tristan Casas, I'll tell you. So I remember a year ago, I was talking to a scout who brought him up out of the blue and just started raving about him. And he started describing him as a player to me. And then I asked, am I wrong for thinking that sounds a lot like Joey Votto? And his response, and I quote, spot on. Wow. So if – I mean, Votto, Votto is a very good player. So if he's anything like that, the Red Sox are in very good hands. Maybe this year and for the next 
five, ten years. So why do you think he's not there right now? He's not completely crushing the baseball for the record. I mean, he's hitting 260 roughly um, and 873 OPS. This, uh, so, but yeah. I don't know. You want to, you want to weigh in on why he's not there right now? Same thing with a lot of the other top prospects is these teams want to um, get them more seasoning in the minor leagues. I mean, obviously some of the service time manipulation thing is going to be a conversation with when it comes to calling out prospects this early in the season, but um I, I, he he could use some more seasoning from what I've gathered. So I think that's the primary reason right now. So uh, one of the things that uh, Bloom said was that he said it really interesting and great developmental last year, but just because of how it was broken up with the Olympics moving levels, he wasn't necessarily in one place for long enough to really have the league make a lot of adjustments to him and then for him having to adjust in return. That's an interesting thing. Like, we want you to have success. We want you to then be figured out, and then we want you to adjust. And then we'll think that you're ready to come up. You're 22 years old. That's that's almost old school right there, right? You don't – Oh, it, absolutely it is. Yeah. And also, the thing you just mentioned, 22 years old, Carm. I mean, that's – he's still very young. Not – I think a lot of the people like sometimes forget how young these guys are. And not everybody is a Fernando Tatis Jr. who signs a $340 million contract when he's, what, 21 or 22 years old. Um, so a little patience with Casas will be good. But, um, yeah, I, I'm very confident that Red Sox fans will not be disappointed when he's called up. There is a lot of optimism surrounding him, not just with, with the Red Sox, but around baseball as, as a whole. Uh, left turn here, leaving Boston, going all the way to the West Coast because I've seen it in the chat and it's been all over Twitter today. Robinson Cano and the Padres. Thoughts, Bert? Uh, you know, most people think that – I mean, that name is that name. So you get excited that maybe you can uncover something. It looks like we're looking at his phone and something major is happening over there. But do you like Robinson Cano to San Diego as something that can happen and actually – let's just leave it at that. Do you think it's going to happen? I do think it's going to happen. It's not done yet. Like the two sides are talking and all indications are it's going to get done probably by tomorrow. Um, and I think he does have a place on the roster, even when Tatis returns, just because he's another left-handed bat off the bench. Um, and he also provides a veteran presence. Like I know his reputation around the game is not that so actually, let me rephrase this. His reputation among fans is not great, nor should it be, because if you're suspended twice by, for PEDs, like your legacy is tainted. Uh, that's I don't think there's any other way around it. Um, but inside the Mets locker room, he was a really respected guy. Like they looked at him as a leader, um, but the performance there just was not enough. Uh, to warrant keeping him, especially on the salary that he was making. And the Mets, lo and behold, they ended up cutting ties with him. And when he was a free agent, he wanted a major league opportunity. And the Padres are providing that. But a big thing with him is he's not going to be signed to much. If he or signed for much money, I don't know what the deal is going to look like, but if he does not perform, uh, the Padres can easily cut ties and just cut their losses. And if he performs really well, you have a, a veteran guy who's playing really well off the bench, another left-handed bat, as I said. Um, so it's a low-risk move. Uh, it adds depth in the infield um, with Tatis out, which is always a good thing. I just I, – I, it all depends on his performance. If he, if he performs, he stays. If he doesn't, then he's gone. Okay. Uh, special bonus, I uh, think, for people watching the Baseball Insiders Live – so follow me at the CARM, and if you are uh, in Chicago, I might have something uh, of, of value to you that you uh, might like. I'm not sure what I'm allowed to do here. So just just hit me up in the old uh, in the old Twitter sphere, and we'll chat. That's all. I don't I, even all, know what it is. That's all I can say. That's all I can do. I'm just telling you it's going to be worth your while. That's that's what I got. All right. I just want to make sure this isn't and like I, some sort of scoop, is it? No, not a scoop. Not a scoop. Right. So right. and, and also. Uh, if you look in the description here on our YouTube, there is a way in which you can enter our sweepstakes and you can get yourself a Shohei Otani jersey. You will. We are giving away an Otani jersey this month uh, for all our loyal. If you have subscribed or are about to subscribe, that is your way into the contest, our sweepstakes, and uh, a sweet Otani jersey 
the Babe Ruth of baseball right now. Um, and yeah, the Angels are a great story. And I saw the Angels play uh, at guaranteed right field against the White Sox, and it was awesome. And Mike Trout's having a year. And speaking of, that gets me to uh, one of the topics for today. I went to White Sox Indians yesterday, Bert. All right. Guardians. Guardians. Excuse me. Jesus, that's terrible. White Sox Guardians. I'm adjusting. Okay. Yeah. Get yourself some water. I'm going to tell a little story here. And so, you know, I don't take many days off, but I'm like, I got invited in scout seats, which is all you can eat, all you can drink. You're right behind home plate. You can't beat it. So I, so I'm like, I'm going to take the afternoon off. I'm going to burn a half of a vacation day and I'm going to go on out and see some White Sox guardians baseball. And I'm going to report back on the baseball insiders in our first ever live show. So I went over to uh, CHGO yesterday. Thanks to those guys having me on there. We're talking with my guy, Adam Hogue and Nicholas Moriano, who uh, I don't know if you know Nick, but he used to be with us over a great guy. And so I do the show and then I leave. I get over to Guaranteed Rate Field. I go through the special scout seat entrance, which is basically your own gate. Uh, you walk right into the dining room. There's all the beautiful food is out, Bert. I, I'm in line at the buffet getting myself some carved meat. And the guy next to me is like, I can't believe the game's canceled today. And I look at him, I'm kind of smiling, like, what are you talking about? Uh, and he's, he, I'm like, you kidding? He's like, he's like, no, the game's canceled. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, we went back and forth three times. Are you kidding? I am not kidding, Carm, co-host at the Baseball Insiders. Game canceled. Indians, Guardians, that's twice. Guardians, <laughs> coaches, COVID, done. So I went to the baseball game yesterday to have lunch and leave. Um, and so worst experience you've ever had at a baseball game, feel free to throw it in the chat. Uh, it wasn't a completely terrible experience, but that's the first time I've ever gone to a game expecting to see a game as a fan. I've got one in a working thing that I can get to, which is a little more on the tender side, but I, as a fan to sit there and hang out and then. I mean, I had to go back to my table, and these guys were they're diehard baseball fans. I had to tell them five times that, no, 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 I'm telling you, look at your phone, game canceled, over. We had lunch, and then they kicked us out, and we went home. Yeah, at least you had the meats, though, Carm. I mean, that's it, it could have been a worse I ate like day. a pig. I ate like a pig. That's Wait, true. What you all have? That's my first question to you. That's my uh, very uh, they had a pork shoulder, that they and they had some like fresh bread, so you could make yourself sort of like a BLT kind of thing. Then they had, um, I had a little, I had it all, Bert. I had it all. I don't know. They got the, it was a, there was different salads. There was different noodles. There was, it was all, there was the dessert product. I went for the red velvet cake. It was. My invite must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, no, no. Hey, come on back. You can come anytime. Come anytime. So what's the worst experience you ever had at a baseball game? So. I, there's two options that I'm going to choose from, and okay, I'll just go with one of them because I don't know if the other one's going to want me saying this publicly. Um, but I was, it was a few years ago. Uh, also, before I forget, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jacob Bradley in the comments for saying that he subscribed uh, after watching our first live show. It's my guy right there. I've always been a big Jacob Bradley guy. So thank you. Thank you for you that. And Jacob's got another question that we can get to in a second. Appreciate you, Jacob. Thank you. Big time. Um, but I, it was my one of my first weeks on the Brewers beat, um, and I'm sitting in the press box, just chilling. I'm, I'm wearing these brand new, light blue Cole Hans. Like I'm feeling good. Life is like we're gleaming, um, and all of a sudden, I hear people yelling in the press box as Lorenzo Cain is batting, and I'm like, "Why are they yelling?" Because I have my noise canceling headphones on. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to write a story, and all of a sudden, I look up, and Kane hits an absolute rocket right at me in the press box. I look up. The thing's probably 15 feet from me. I put my hands up to try to catch the thing like an absolute dummy. It hits me square in the hands. I drop it, but, like, the, the velocity and, like, the power behind the baseball lifts me up off my feet, and I fall back, and my light blue Cole Hans are, like, sticking up straight in the air. Um, and I hear like the loud ooze in the, uh, throughout the stands. Uh, and all of a sudden I look down at the dugout and I see, um, Craig Council, I see Ryan Braun, I see Christian Yelich, I see all these guys. 
looking at me and laughing. Um, and I'm like, Oh shit, uh, this is not good. Um, and, uh, like I end up, so I get the ball, I toss it to a fan. Um, so all is good there. And then after the game, like, I'm thinking everybody's forgotten about this, but like me, I'm just mortified on the inside. Um, and I walk into the locker room and I see Ryan Braun and Yelich. They're standing right there uh, talking to each other. Then they see me and they come up to me and Braun says, what was the stat cast on that ball, Robert? I'm like, <laughs> son of a meat ball. Like, it, was, it was tough. My ego was bruised that day, but like it got me in with the boys in the locker room. And um, yeah, it's, uh, every time a foul ball has come at me since, I have not tried to catch it. How close is the uh, that lower deck for the? So it's in the second. Wait, are you talking about the press box? Yeah, it's that, that's where you were, right? Yep, I was in the press box, first row on the far right hand side. Um, I mean, it's the second level. Um, so I mean, it's it's pretty close. So I mean, it's not like it's one of those stadiums where it's you're basically up in in the skies or in heaven. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was tough. Uh, yeah, well, that was my worst experience at a ball game for sure. Okay. Um, I actually think that's a great experience and you, you, cause if you hadn't looked up, you would have, you might've died. Um, and so it's you sa- you saved yourself and you made friends, got a little bit deeper into the brewer clubhouse. So congratulations. Um, I'll, I'll just give one more story and then we can move on. I don't know if you remember what, and I don't, I don't remember the year, but uh, Cubs were playing the Cardinals one day, and um, it was the tr- it was the tr- tragic day that Daryl Kyle passed away, and so the game's supposed to start noon game, one o'clock, whatever it is. I'm selling beer at Wrigley Field, right? That was uh, that's the only profession where I've reached the pinnacle. Rose up from cotton candy all the way to peanuts to hot dogs to the beer man. Um, haven't quite hit that yet in the media world, but that you know I, I reached it in vending. So I've got my Budweiser tub, and the game's not starting, but it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and people are you know they're they're just buying like mad. So I'm you know I'm making I'm making good dough. And then Joe Girardi comes out of the you know Cubs clubhouse, gives this tear tear you know wrenching. Daryl Kyle, there's a bit. Of, he didn't say what happened. But he said there's been a tragedy in the Cardinals family, and today's game is canceled. Okay, so you have forty thousand people in Wrigley Field. The game is supposed to start. There's a tragedy in the Cardinals family. I don't even remember if Twitter was going on at the time. If it's making its way around, what exactly had happened? But people are literally still sitting there, not wanting to leave. So they just basically announced a death, and then I just kept going. Bud, Bud Light, and they kept buying. We were still we, – we, 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 we. <laughs> Oh, boy, Carb. Is that – should I not tell that story? Because, I oh, mean, it was unbelievable. Story. I'm like, these people aren't going to leave. This dude just died, but it's a beautiful sunny day. Huh? You know, you're here today, gone tomorrow. Life is short. Let's continue celebrating. And finally, like you know, like, you all have to leave now. See you later. Um, wow, that's, that, that I didn't know that story, Carl. That's it. <laughs> that happened. I, I wow. hadn't thought about it until uh, until just now. So I, I I didn't give you the heads up on that one, Bert. Um, all right. So I think we missed one question in the chat that I want to get to yeah. here, Robert. Uh, which Whether is the A's move Floriano or Pinder? Yeah. Okay. What What do you think about that one for Jacob? So. I don't think they move either of those guys. Um, but I so Pinder, some that's somebody that a lot of these teams around the league like. Uh, and I can tell you, they had discussions with regarding him with a few teams before the season started. Um, one of them being the Padres. Um, Bob Melvin loves him, and I thought maybe that had a chance of happening. But the A's asked for an absolute haul. For him and the Padres weren't willing to give that up. Um, and another thing with the A's is they're trying to move these players with big salaries um, just to try to clear some money off the books. And Pinder is really cheap, so I don't think um, he is going to be somebody that is on the move. And I think he is there to stay. Um, and as Celtic Pride uh, one two three four five just said, uh, the most likely piece to go is Frankie Montas and he is going to be 
the player we talk about perhaps most on the baseball insiders as a trade candidate, because every team that needs a frontline starting pitcher or just starting pitcher as a whole is going to be interested in Frankie Montas. He's going to get the A's a lot in, in return. He's signed for next year too. And that makes him a lot more valuable than he already is, which I mean, he's already extremely valuable. So um, yeah, the, the A's are sitting pretty with, uh, with Montas as long as he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to be by far the most coveted player on the market. Where do you think he goes? Make a guess. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I'll put you uh, on the spot, Bert. That's what I do. Make a guess. Uh, thing Jimmy, is, top three. How about a top three? So I know they had discussions with the Yankees about him. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to give you a top three just because, like, there's so many teams in. Um, they talked to the White Sox about him, um, but those discussions basically went nowhere after the A's insisted on Andrew Vaughn being the deal. Um, they talked to a lot of these teams, Carm. Uh, twins were another, actually, I should say. Um, so I would expect those teams to be in once again, especially with the Twins being a surprise team to start the year. Uh, maybe they try to go for it and, or try to make a, a nice postseason run for this year and also next year. Um, but, yeah, it's it, that market's going to be nuts. The, re- uh, the, res- the resurgent Mariners, if they ever get there, they're not giving up George Kirby for him, are they? No, no. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, George Kirby, like his debut the other day, it was freaking good. Um, Mariners, they got a lot of those, that young talent, Carm. Like that is a team. I, Jerry DePoto has gotten ridiculed uh, for the amount of times he started to rebuild because it seems like every year they're trying to rebuild. Um, but they got some, they got some pieces there and credit to him. Uh, was it perfect? No, far from it. But they were able to get a lot of these guys, talented players, Rodriguez, Kalanick, Kirby, um, some others too. And, yeah, it's, it was good work by him. Yeah, okay. Uh, CL's been a disappointment to this point in the season. But, hey, uh, perhaps this, the future is, is, is somewhat bright. How about that? Can we go somewhat bright for the Mariners? I don't know. Um, I feel like that's right. Yeah. Yeah, let's go there. I never thought I'd actually say the future is bright for the Mariners, but here we are. Yeah, well, hey, it's it's been a minute. It's my guy Scott Service, damn it. Uh, hey Bert, what's up, Carm? I th- I think we've done it, buddy. I think we're there. Uh, this has been a ton of fun today. I've really enjoyed doing the live show. Great to be able to talk to you. Oh, we do have to wrap with uh, MLB.com has got their if it's the last day to do it, but they're having their favorite baseball movie of all time. Um, and they had their uh. They had their brackets, right? 16 were in there. Moneyball faced off against Bull Durham. Major League versus Trouble with the Curve. Eight men out versus 42. The Rookie took on a league of their own. Bad News Bears versus Rookie of the Year. Uh, The Perfect Game versus the Sandlot. For Love of the Game versus the Natural. Angels in the Outfield versus Field of Dreams. So uh, it got down to, I think it's, it's Field of Dreams versus Major League is where it's at. Um, you want to give me your favorite baseball movie of all time before I have a, a meltdown on this? So I, I was talking about this with Hunter before the show. Um, number two for me is Major League. Um, but number one is uh, is Little Big, Little Big League. So Little Big League? That is right. Exactly. I love that movie. Great movie, Carm. Charlie Sheen. Uh, Okay, I haven't seen Little Big League, so I'm not. I I can't oh, count. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold Little on. Big League. You were gonna destroy me, but you've never seen Little Big League before. I oh, mean, boy, she was on the other foot here, Carm. Uh, may, also, may, I think that was a very gifable moment that would just happen with my reaction. I don't know why my face does what it does, but here we are. But anyways, continue. Little Big League. Uh, I do love Jason Robards. Um, so. R.I.P. Uh, okay. Do I? Let me just gauge by the chat here. Do I need to go see Little Big League? Um, J- Jacob's going with the Sandlot, which Jacob, no offense, but I find that the Sandlot's like one of the most overrated baseball movies of all time with the amount of love that it gets. I'm not saying that 
that it's not a like halfway decent movie, but it's like the Sandlot, the Sandlot, the Sandlot. Come on, man. Thank you, Kurt. Oh, Kurt's Kurt's destroying me. Kurt, I thought we were friends. I've never even heard anybody say Little Big League, which is why this – I mean, I don't even have to have seen it to think about how ridiculous this is. Little Big League over any of the movies that I just named for the record, but like for me, I'm yeah. having a – yeah. A lot of them you named were good. I'm not gonna like try to destroy them by any means. Like I, okay. I'm a big fan of those. I understand like, you're you're a positive yeah. guy. Also, I so I want to I want to talk about because I almost got canceled yesterday. Um, so the twins beat they do this like little draft on different topics, um, and this one happened to be like things you dip foods in, and the number four overall pick was queso. Um, and I said that Queso should be an undrafted free agent. I stand by that claim because Queso is bad. So that uh, that's my take for the day on that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to accept that right now, Robert. Uh, is, that, is that disappointing that I'm just allowing yeah. your whatever food takes to make it through here at the end of the show because I'm just fatigued? Uh, <laughs> I'm fatigued too. Yeah. Well, well, it, it, I'll tell you, as I said, Jacob Bradley, that's my guy. He says he agrees. With no, he agrees. I think he's agreeing with Kurt's take that Bull Durham is number one and Major League is number two. Actually, he's not doing that. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to pretend like he's agreeing with me. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to make myself feel better. All right. I, just for me, as a kid, uh, Highland Park movie theater, one dollar and fifty cents. Guy had like a he had a he had a boa um, that you would. It was just a, it was the way movie theaters should be. You give him two bucks, he give you the fifty cent piece back. That's where I saw the natural. That's where I saw Robert Redford hitting the lights. That's where uh, the hammer and and Max Mercy and and the and baseball movies just moved into my soul. So the natural is is I still think my number one because it just feels just so just childhood beautiful like. But when I was going through the list, I think like objectively, the Bad News Bears, the original, that is a phenomenal movie. It's just really, really well done. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and it's like, I mean, if you're going to really like look at like depth of a movie and character development, um, I don't know. The Bad News Bears is incredible. Kelly Leak, the whole thing. All right. Hey, Baseball Insiders live every Thursday at 2 Central. And we have another episode that comes out earlier in the week. So check that out on the YouTube channel. We really need YouTube subscribers. So hit that subscribe button. Not to beg, but hit that subscribe button and turn those notifications on. There's a ton of good content we're we're bringing to you. So get involved. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, too, we'll be getting you some more inside info that you won't be seeing anywhere else. So please subscribe so we can continue to do this and feed our families, too. And and feed our families. That's that's very important, especially me. You should see my grocery bill, Carmen. But anyways, I hey man, infl- inflation is a thing, Bird, and you eat like a horse. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you for watching. Thanks for everybody helping on the on behind the scenes. Hunter, Michael, Zach. We will uh, see you next time on the Baseball Insiders. Appreciate it. Say bye, Bird. Adios.